0: Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and of no is a priest. My name is James Drew. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach.
1: Yo, what's up? And you said you couldn't be a news anchor after all that shit.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to get my KGB <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> Channel 7 vibe. You doing news for Russia?
2: Well, <laughs> KGB. <laughs> Why do you keep saying that?
0: I don't know. I don't know. It's like my natural <laughs> the KGB news, news, news show. Uh, uh, who's that over there that loves the KGB? He's about the hundredth guy to bring it up. <laughs> <today. It's> you <laughs> uh, say what's hi, your Steve. name? Fucking Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, that's know, I'm my trying name? to introduce you. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll introduce myself. Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. The only dad on the podcast, the only uh, diversity on the podcast, the only tight end and defense lover on the podcast.
1: Whoa,
0: whoa. That seems like a low
2: blow. Now, yeah. That's what I am. <laughs> Come on. I
0: would say you're the only one. Yeah.
2: We all have tight ends, I'd but say, we're not my fancy football. I'd say
0: Tyler and I, you know. Dabble. We dabble. I mean, we dabble. Who doesn't like that tight end? Yeah, we all do, but I, <laughs> I live in that area, dude. That's creepy when you say it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, uh, enough of that bullshit. Um, we are the fantasy football fathers. <clears throat> we uh, typically will <clears throat> talk fantasy football and then uh, drink a few beers while doing so. And uh, Yeah, four, few, seven. You know, that gives us an edge on the competition, just a little bit of juice. You know what I mean? a little bit of big juicy no lie brew house straight out of Spokane, Washington. That's kind of a little bit about what this show's about. So, uh if you're new to the show, we appreciate you listening at the FF Fathers on Twitter today. We're talking draft um re-rankings for the wide receivers and we're also Going to cover some uh, interesting dynasty trades that have happened recently uh, in our own home dynasty league. Yeah, I'm
2: excited for that because there's been a lot of movement going on in our dynasty league. And I think uh, there's some good conversations to have about it.
1: No, it's going to be fun. There were eight trades in a two-day period.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it, it's probably happening for a lot of people, honestly, because we're getting close to the season. Everyone's like realizing, oh, we've been in this dynasty league all off season, not really paying attention. Things are creeping up, and once like once movement starts happening, everyone starts moving. So if like nothing's happening in your dynasty league, just drop a guy and add a guy, and then watch how many other people in your league will drop a guy <laughs> and add a guy because like oh shit, people are making moves.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting. Um, it's an interesting thing to talk about. I think, you know, we're kind of in the uh, slow season, as it would be for for NFL football.
1: The slow season for sports in general.
0: Sports in general, but like there's no real news right now. Everyone's on vacation. Um, they're gonna come back eventually to training camps, um, in the near future. But right now there's really not a whole lot to talk about and and I think Trey, you bring up a good point. Once once someone completes a trade and makes a trade happen, that, you know, that gets the wheels spinning for everyone else in the in the league and I think it's a good thing. I, I like you know active leagues that um, do a lot of trades. I think it does take some time, right? Like, this is a – in this Dynasty League in particular, I think we're in our third year.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And we saw, like,
2: the most movement in one day. I think we had three
0: trades in one day. There really wasn't a whole lot of trades Um, be, kind of before this wave outside of, like, maybe the same few people – you know, mm-hmm. um, involving themselves in trades. But now it seems like the the whole league is kind of getting in on the action after they maybe missed out on some opportunities um, early on. And so if you're in a league, a dynasty league that is, that's just not trading a whole lot, I th- I'd say hold out, you know. Um, the trade wave could be coming. Maybe you got to start it. It's all hit or miss. And also
2: a lot of people in our league, including myself, honestly, when we first started the dynasty league, I was new to dynasty. So you kind of figure it out as time goes on. And I thought I was in like a win now mode and I realized I was not. So I'm starting to rebuild and (laughs) I'm more open to trades than I was in the first place. So, I mean, I think people like they find out their place in the league after a year or two and they're like, okay, I'm not where I thought I was. So maybe I should do a rebuild. Maybe I should do a win now thing. And everyone's making moves now. And this would be yeah, like you said, like the third year we're doing it. So I think people know their place in the league, and we know what we're doing, because it is a long term thing. When you're playing dynasty, and a lot of people act like they know what they're doing. I was one of those people. <laughs> you really don't until you're like really deep into it, and you understand like the depth of the league and what everyone else's place is and what they're doing, how they're doing. So yeah, just gotta play your role. Really try to find a way to win.
1: For sure. Also about the whole dead period thing. Guys, it is 30 days until the very first preseason game. The Hall of Fame game is August 10th. We are exactly one month out to finally having football back in our lives.
2: Holy shit. Thank God, because I've been debating on killing myself for the last six
0: months. Not really. (laughs) Just four more weeks and you will be there. You'll see a little bit of XFL, arena-style football-type talent out there, but
2: well, how much longer can I get by on watching the fucking baseball highlight? I'm like, fuck me. <laughs> I'd rather watch the fucking, uh, this NBA. Summer or, League. Or the, the Summer League shit. Yeah, honestly. It's like, we, we only have so much to go on. I was watching volleyball the other day. Hella fun. Hella nice. But, you know, those women are nice. But, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> beach,
0: beach volleyball or? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Suns out, buns out. Yeah. That's right. Actually I
1: saw this weird thing I've never seen before. It's been on like Root Sports, There's a, a local channel for us here. And it's like beach volleyball, but you're only allowed to use your feet. But it's still set up like a traditional volleyball court.
0: I don't think my neck agrees with that. Um yeah, that is popular in like uh where areas where soccer is popular, like Brazil. Everywhere um, besides America. <laughs> yeah, it's actually super like <laughs> looks way harder than real
1: volleyball. Oh, yeah. It's got to be.
2: Yeah, but we're white, so we don't really understand those things. I guess you guys are, and I'm kind of (laughs) white. I was like, like, what
1: happened with that diversity over there?
2: (laughs) I am the diversity, but we are two and a half white people, so. Two and a half. (laughs) I can (laughs) (laughs) still (laughs) relate. Using your V, what are you doing? (laughs) Unless you're (laughs) crushing grapes for wine. Whoa. (laughs) Baby. I don't know. What I, was,
1: I was that was just not the what I was expecting that analogy to go to.
2: I don't know what else white people
0: do with their feet.
1: <laughs> they post them online.
0: You'd be surprised. Oh, nice, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. We probably got more followers than us. <laughs> <laughs> That's for damn sure. For sure, dude. You put them stinky toesies online, though. Who knows what might happen? Alien toes. <laughs>
2: I'll save these for the archives, man. They'll find these. Arche- archaeo- archaeologists will find these I'll be putting on a pedestal
0: they would be like this fucking freak his second toe was four inches longer than <laughs> his, his second toe was a dick <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, oh, yeah, man. Can, can we do some fantasy football shit please <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God. we're
0: in too deep right now <laughs>
2: oh man
0: <laughs> oh shit alright um, yes Back to fantasy football after second toed dicks. Um <laughs> <laughs> Oh God. I'm just trying to transition. Uh, Lord help me transition here. Uh how far back do we want to go in these trades? I can't really see my screen because I'm I have tears in my eyes.
2: Are we doing those first? Yeah,
1: there... we, we talked we went kinda in of depth there. Let's might as well get on those first. Okay,
2: yeah. Yeah, let's do them then. Um, well, I thought it was interesting two months ago. Did you guys think that it was too far back to go back? But
1: I think, that, I think there's only one trade between two months ago and what happened this last week. So I think that's probably fine.
2: So, um, are we talking about the one between Justin and James? No, there was one before that
0: oh, on June 30th.
2: Uh, I I thought it was interesting. God damn it, where the hell did it go? From May 15th. Oh, yeah. I got to go back. There we go. <laughs> or May yeah.
1: 9th was like kind of the first one.
2: you
0: talking about Williams for Thielen?
2: Yeah, it's, it's just straight across. It feels like robbery, right? Jameson Williams for Adam Thielen.
1: Yeah. I mean, Thielen's at the end of his road. So for a dynasty league, it doesn't make sense. Jameson Williams, even though he has the suspension coming up because of the gambling situation, we all expect him to be a stud um, in the. In, in this uh in his career especially even early so i would expect that justin who is only picked up jameson williams is going to be
0: yeah i mean you got to look at it from like who needs what right and justin justin uh did need a little bit of running back depth i think it's a obviously positive move for him moving it up bro that was a receiver for a receiver Jamison Williams. Oh, I thought it was Jamal Williams. Nah, oh, Jameson. Jesus Christ. No, Jamison no. Williams for Adam Thielen? Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's Traded fucking across. robbery.
2: Yeah, in a dynasty league. Yeah, and Jamison Williams, even though it's not listed on like Sleeper's website, obviously the number two behind <laughs> Amon Ra. <laughs> that's
0: not even close. Um,
2: Marvin Jones should be coming back. They have Josh Reynolds. they got a decent wide receiver room, really good offense. But, I mean, outside
1: of Amon Ra, Jamison has by far the highest ceiling out of all of them.
0: Dude, he is oh, definitely. a talented young prospect if he didn't have uh leukemia literally last year, he would be That's the wrong player. That was Michi in Houston.
1: What what he, did... he got hurt. Uh, at God, the, he, we're on fire. <laughs> James Williams got hurt in the national championship game and he missed the entire season because of the injury.
2: Yeah, he, he well, most, right? He played towards the end of the year? Oh, yeah, yeah
1: he, he played towards the end of the year. You're right.
2: Yeah, now we're talking about uh, the receiver on the Texans that had leukemia. That was Michi. Uh, John Mechie. Mechie, Mechie
1: Michi. He also from Alabama.
2: John Mechie, <laughs> the third. E- either way, uh, a guy who is promising. <laughs>
0: Mr. Mechie Oh, no. <laughs> no.
2: So, uh, yeah, (laughs) fucking robbery, right? All right.
0: So, anyways, whoever this fucking guy is, let me tell you what. (laughs) No. uh, Jameson Williams, I like a lot. Um, You know, maybe if he didn't uh, gamble on games, uh, he would be much higher in ADP this year, but it is what it is. Missing six games. Either way, in Dynasty, that's a straight freaking robbery. Uh, Williams for Thielen. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what uh, Niner Nation 2000 was doing there. but
1: <laughs> Yeah. And go to the next trade. As much as James uh, Juice won on that trade, he absolutely lost on the next trade with, oh. with uh, our own Jimbo here. Oh. So James traded away Tim Patrick, DK Metcalf, and KJ Osborne and returned two first-round picks and Antonio Gibson. I yeah, really? That is also a complete robbery in my eyes
2: it, it feels like a trade robbery but at the same time juice did get dk metcalf
1: but for yeah. two first plus a starting running back
2: here's the deal if you're in win now mode i think you think antonio gibson's a starting running back
1: i mean he's at worst he's splitting 50 carries 50 50 with brian robinson okay let's right so let's... yeah he
2: is like a top 30 running back
1: yeah. Okay. I, I starting right back in the league. Uh. Yes. But fantasy relevant. You know. At, at worst, a flex play in your in your actual fantasy. And let's league. put
0: some yeah. context on this trade, right? So I was willing to get rid of DK Metcalf. That's the trade, right? And I wanted to get as much as I could for DK Metcalf. Um, that I could. Um, I was trying to get at least a first and a talented player. Um. I knew I wouldn't get like a superstar in a first, but I wanted a twenty twenty four first and a talented player. Um, you know, above average, but has some upside. So Antonio Gibson fit the bill. And the reason I was okay with a running back for receivers because I have, in my opinion, receivers already. Um Stefan Diggs, Garrett Wilson, Mike Williams. I have some good young prospects and uh, Romeo Dobbs, Elijah Moore, Jahan Dotson, so I felt like I could fill that flex spot um, with one of those un- other younger receivers, and I already had Garrett Wilson and Stephon Diggs as my starting receivers, uh, plus Mike Williams. So I was just trying to get as much value as I could in trade pick, uh, in trade uh, in picks for DK Metcalf especially for the 2024 class because I feel like it's a strong class. I'm not 100% sure about 2025, but I know that Marvin Harrison Jr. is in 2024. I know that there's some really, really, really talented quarterbacks in 2024. So a little bit of this was just positioning positioning myself, even though I feel like I have a team that could win it all right now. I wanted to position myself in 2024 to – um do kind of what I did in 2023 and and take some really good young rookies um in the in the draft. So that was the thought process behind that. Yeah. I am curious how much
1: negotiating there was cuz this is a trade that Juice actually called me on and wanted advice on what he should do. And I told him to offer Gibson in a second and go up to a first if needed. How the hell did you get to two firsts?
0: Um <laughs> uh, well, God. You know, I am in sales. <laughs> um and so yeah, there was a little bit of back and forth. Um how did I get up to two first? <laughs> so you convinced him to take KJ here's Osborne what who's behind it. Here's what happened around No, here's what happened. Now then. I'm remembering because um, it was a little bit of back and forth. Okay, so I was I put what I did is I put TK Metcalf on the trade block. And so people that were interested, it stirred up the feathers a little bit. I actually sent out a trade offer to Juice, and I sent out a trade offer to Giblets. And what ended a hat? Uh, Giblets is another one of our friends. Two our home people home in our league with the most uh, amount of concussions in their life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know <laughs> I'm picking my targets wisely. Uh, but no, in in all reality, they they kind of reached out with the most interest. Um, and so essentially, what I did is, um, you know, I would send one an offer they would send me a counter and what happened was jibs and justin without even really knowing that they were in almost a bidding war they they found out that they were in a bidding war um because you know when juice would send me an offer i would reach out to to Aaron to giblets and be like hey i just got this offer for dk and it would be slightly better than you know, the original offer. And then giblets would send me a a counter offer that was slightly better than that offer. (laughs) And then I'd send that to, to Justin and say, this is what I just got for DK. Well, how dumb are they though? It's like, Oh, I was getting offered this player. Just look up who has that player in the league. I can't answer how dumb they are, (laughs) but I will say (laughs) that I did utilize both of their, you know, urgency or whatever it was to to get dk on their team to my advantage and eventually justin wanted dk so badly he was willing to give up two first and antonio gibson essentially for dk my guy. i threw in tim patrick and kj osborne just because <laughs> <laughs> okay
2: uh <laughs> it seems about right I, I guess if you're comfortable with your receivers with what you have
0: Absolutely. Well, I mean, he. Yeah,
2: I mean, he yeah. is
1: stacked at receiver. You know, Stephon, Garrett Wilson, Mike Williams. There's another guy on your bench that you're not even using right now. That.
2: Jahan. Oh, is that what stacked is? You should look at my roster. But that's all right.
1: Yeah. Well, you have like, <laughs> Devontae Adams on the trade block. and Won't accept a trade for him. So
2: I'm working it out. <laughs> I'm
0: working it out. You gotta uh, listen. He's valuable, and eventually uh, you'll come I can't to terms too much. with reality that your aging players are not as valuable in dynasty as you think they are i got some good shit in the works trust me there's some people especially in dynasty that i think overvalue aging veterans yeah and i'm targeting them and you should be win now for sure like i'm win now every single year but like at the same time i'm win next year at some point, I think it's a really good dynasty tip. Like you have to be willing to separate yourself from name value, and like, and just and make that change. You know what I mean? Like some other trades we'll be talking about here in a minute, but um,
2: I I feel like we almost like discussed your trade. It was a little bit like you definitely won, but at the same time, it's we'll like see, you did I go mean, DK Metcalf, and like once they get rid of Geno Smith, and he, even if he does reproduce what happened last year. Who knows what's going to happen at quarterback?
0: Right now, DK Metcalf is the best player in that trade. Yeah, by far. He's a 25-year-old freak athlete, super, super talented receiver. Like, he is the best player in this trade right now. But for me, now I have two twenty-two, twenty-four first, first and two twenty-twenty-five first. first. What can I turn that into? So I have to either make a trade and hit on a really super talented guy – I have to do something with those picks to make it to make the trade worth it. Otherwise, I just gave up a really talented, you know, young receiver for nothing. Yeah. And no. so th- I think that's the point I'm trying to make is like in dynasty, you kind of have to separate yourself from like, okay, yeah, I know DK's really talented. Do I have the depth on my roster to and still win now to take this risk and trade this asset away or if I feel if I felt like I didn't have that depth, would I have just kept DK? Probably, because I want to win right now every single year. But and that's why I love Dynasties, because they, you're weighing those options. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> so let's talk about the next ones then, because I, I feel like we got some really good ones that happened like, yep. in our league recently.
1: Yeah. So the next, all the rest of the trades we're about to discuss have all happened in the last three days.
2: <laughs> which is crazy a lot of movement so so what's the next one then
1: so it looks like the next one is between Lil herbie and happy dad and Lil herbie gave up tony pollard and trevor lawrence for patty mahomes
0: yeah um hmm. bird gang was definitely willing to part ways with patty mahomes he sent me a couple offers he kept trying to get garrett wilson and I just I'm not budging off Garrett Wilson. Like you're gonna have to send me. A f- like he wanted, um, he wanted to give me Patrick Mahomes for Garrett Wilson plus like something else, like a high end draft pick, like a first round draft pick. It was just mm. never gonna happen. With Fuck, me, just sent an offer. I already have Justin <laughs> Herbert, so I was I was cool. But um, he was definitely looking to move Patrick Mahomes, and anytime you can get fucking Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a good. So deal. so the
1: crazy thing about this is that, like, in a vacuum, it looks like a really good trade: Patrick Holmes for Tony Pollard and Trevor Lawrence. The thing is, I, I talked to Travis about this after the trade went through, uh, Little Herbie, because I didn't it didn't make sense because he yeah, also a little brother, for yeah. People that don't know, yeah, Little Herbie. He think. also
0: has Joe Burrow, yeah, yeah.
1: He also mm-hmm. has Joe. He has Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. And I understand it, it's like okay, it's Patrick Holmes, of course. Like you want to try to get him if you can.
0: And what's another point on that um, is. He has Jamar Chase, so he has the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase stack in Dynasty. Yeah, so why make this trade for for Patrick? I and- think ultimately what, and we talked about it, we've talked about it. He's
1: ultimately going to try to unload Joe Burrow.
2: No uh, uh, inside information on the Dynasty League.
1: So he so he's trying to figure out how well, I mean, how that's going to work. But the thing is, like, the problem with trading quarterbacks, especially even high end quarterbacks, is that like so many quarterback is such a, a depth in, in the league that not everyone's in like a dire need for a quarterback. They're either rocking with a veteran that's already they're solid with, um, or they're banking on, on one of these young guys to come through, you know, if you tr- got like Anthony Rich or anything like that. Yeah. And so don't I don't talk about me like that. <laughs> I'm just saying like, like it's a young guy that, you, that, you know, maybe not will produce for you this year, but we all expect him to become a great, great player. So obviously you want to go for the Patrick Holmes cause that, You know he's the best quarterback in the league. It's not even a a debate. Um, It just seems weird to me that you already had Joe Burrow and then Trevor Lawrence, who's an ascending quarterback, who's probably a top five player, I think, this coming season. And so I think so, yeah, yeah.
0: So here's what I would do if I was in his position, and and now with this roster as it's constructed, I would, I wouldn't be looking to get rid of Joe Burrow. I'd be looking to trade Patrick Mahomes. And trying to get more than you know, he's gonna, he he might have to sit on that for another year and watch Patrick Mahomes, you know, score him a bunch of points and then trade him. But you already have Jamar Chase, you have the stack. Why, you know, Joe Burrow's naturally probably gonna play longer than Patrick Mahomes unless Patrick plays forever. But
3: <laughs> I
1: mean, he might.
0: <laughs> he might. But at this point, I don't see you know. A whole lot of difference outside of Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. They're both similar style quarterbacks, you know, mostly pocket oriented that can make plays on the run when needed. But Jamar Chase has weapons or Jamar Chase, uh, Joe Burrow has these like elite weapons in Jamar Chase and T Higgins. He's going to have them for a long time. I, you know, number one, I don't, Really understand the trade for, for Patrick Mahomes. You know what Joe Burrow doesn't have? Travis Kelsey.
2: And Andy Reid.
0: But we're talking about Dynasty for how much longer? Oh, he's locked
2: into that long-ass contract. But how much And longer he doesn't does, have an injury How history? much longer does,
0: Dyna- right. does but Andy Reid coach?
1: Kelsey's 33, Andy Reid, who knows? Like, I mean, he could coach for a hell of a lot longer if he wants, but Andy he's Andy
0: Reid also- could die tomorrow of a heart attack, <laughs> and no <laughs> one I would have, be surprised. Five guys, burgers,
2: and fries. Yeah. Literally, just, no one
0: would be surprised. So,
2: if you're in win, like you want to win in the the near future in dynasty, I'd rather have Patrick Mahomes for sure, for sure. And he proved it last year. He didn't have the weapons that he supposedly was going to have. I was one of those people that was just like, "Oh, it's not going to be the same." I was going to die on that hill and I totally. I was, you died on that hill? I was slaughtered on that hill. I was like the Indians versus Custer, baby. I got fucking slaughtered, dude. It was bad. For sure. Wow, I
1: mean, what a great American history. <laughs> <laughs> like, just the fact he threw out That was awesome.
2: It was bad. My whole village got raped and pillaged. Like, and so, and so, I got fucked on that one. <laughs>
0: so, Bird Gang gave up or received uh, Tony Pollard and, and Trevor Lawrence.
1: Yes. And it should be noted that like he's it makes sense for him trying to get rid of Patrick Holmes because he has by far the worst roster in the league. He inherited it from a previous uh manager and it's terrible. So I mean he's doing a full blown rebuild. Yeah, so it been, makes sense he's for been, him to, he's been to hustling, do those kind for of sure. moves.
0: Yeah. Which I appreciate. I like. You know, I love that actually. Uh in Dynasty. That's that's what you're looking for in in, in terms of uh someone taking over an orphan team. I, I, I love the package that he got, honestly. <laughs> like, this yeah. trade probably makes more sense for for Bird Gang than it does the guy that got Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I, I think we're –
2: should we just call him Happy Dad? I like his name better, his username more, Happy Dad.
0: Oh, yeah, Happy we'll, Dad.
2: We'll talk about him a few more times in these trades. We should probably go through them a little bit faster, call though, because I feel like we're sticking on these trades a little,
0: oh, trades a little
2: long here, you know what I'm saying, just, just for the sake of the length of the episode. Okay. Should we move on to the next one here?
0: Sure. Call it.
2: Um, Go ahead. Let me do it. Okay, so So your brother, Juice Stain, he traded Dalvin Cook for Drake London straight across with Ty's little brother, Lil Urby.
0: Yeah, this is interesting. You know, aging, veteran, running back. Has he lost it? Does he still have it? Um, What does that shoulder look like? That's the big questions here. I don't
1: think you can call him ace-27.
0: That's in yeah. dynasty. That's an aging running back. He's
1: Man. gonna be in his prime for the next three years still.
0: Maybe theoretically, mm.
2: but yeah, I'm Maybe. with you. I'm with that's you. That's
0: how, how many thirty year old running backs are crushing it? No, that's right literally now. like if you look at league history Whoa. or at least recent last,
1: last twenty years, thirty years years old is basically when running backs go downhill. So he has three
2: years of no. prime. You're you're okay. you're no. too late. See, I'm with you on that, but he's also joining. You know, twenty
0: seven is the age.
2: Well, Davin Cook is going on to Miami, who has a deep roster. That.
0: Look at the guys that are still looking for a team right now. Zeke Elliott. How old is he? 30. No. <laughs> Zeke? Well, you're both proving good points. He's 27. All right.
1: All right. Derek Henry's 29.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know,
2: see, Davin Cook is not past his prime, but he joins the Dolphins backfield, which they already have Raheem Oster, who's the other 49ers running back. Um, I love the show for Juice. Yeah. Uh, Raheem Oster and, oh, uh, God, what's the other guy? Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson. And so, obviously, Dalvin Cook's there. And another guy that we all really, really like, Devin and Kane. A. Kane. A-Chain? A-Chain. A-Chain. Devin A-Chain.
1: Devon. Oh, damn it.
2: <laughs> Whatever, dude. He's the ne- he's the next to Quan Barkley, okay? That's who he is. So, Devon A-Chain, Right. So they have four running backs that we all think are more or less worthy of running the goddamn ball.
0: Yeah, so if Dalvin Cook goes to the fucking Dolphins, which he's most favored to do right now, I thought he already did.
2: No, he's still, he's no. a free agent. He's not gonna. He already
1: said he's not gonna sign until we get closer to training. It's, camp. Sh-
0: it's strongly looking that that way. But okay, he there's four, three other running backs there. You know what I mean? Like, what's what's his fantasy production going to look like?
2: Well, see, I already assumed he was on there, so everything I'm saying is absolute bullshit. I'm just assuming he was going to be on their fucking team.
0: I am, in my personal opinion, he's going to end up in a committee. When we get back to the trade, Dalvin Cook for Drake London, right now, like I love that trade for for Juice. He gets a young, yeah. I think was he not our number one rookie wide receiver last year? Uh, he's in just in an offense
2: at, that doesn't throw at least the ball by average. Yeah, but sure, but that 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 might change.
0: change if Desmond Ritter proves himself, which you thought he had a little bit of something.
1: Yeah, he he does, but doesn't and mean Drake that, London is a six foot four not,
0: fucking freak. Yeah, but he's not just your normal second year. It doesn't matter how well he's Desmond elite.
1: Ritter plays. The their head coach, the guy who's calling the plays, is a running
2: coach.
0: For how long though? Right, he they might lose how many games this year and he, he'll he be fired next year yep. for how long
2: i hate to piggyback on this but we were talking about this last year and this it is a dynasty
0: trade and he traded for a young elite wide receiver with an elite skill set for a aging veteran running back that might fucking not be around in two years
2: and i was looking at this the other day and it reminded me of a conversation we had last year during the season um, yeah, they're not throwing the ball that much. with does Ritter, blah, blah, blah. They threw the ball the least amount of time of any NFL team, right? All that kind yeah. of stuff. But if you look at it down the line, towards the beginning of the year, the first like five games, like they're throwing the ball maybe like 17 times a game with Ritter. Towards the end of the year, they're throwing the ball like 24 times. Well, it was with
1: Mariota. Ritter yeah. didn't play until last I
2: like, would hope to
0: God it gets better. I mean, at the same time, you can't put it all on the coach. Like you're dealing with a rookie quarterback and Marcus Mariota as your fucking quarterbacks to throw the football. Okay, hold on. Stop with the disrespect real quick. Well, let's just <laughs> be real because Marcus Mariota has never been the best passing quarterback, which is a weird thing to okay. say, but he, is, he isn't. Either he is Either way, the most was. targeted
2: games that um, Drake London was having was with Desmond Ritter towards the end of the year. So it seems like there might be something going on I mean, there, there, and they there got to roll with him. I'm just,
1: I think you're downgrading Dalvin Cook.
0: I'm not. I'm just he's saying had four no. straight seasons, if this was at least eleven re- hundred yards. If this was redraft, sure. Next year, shit, Dalvin Cook might outscore Drake London. But I'm saying for a dynasty league in terms of value for the rest of forever, like Drake London has, in my opinion, way more value than than Dalvin Cook.
2: I'm with both of you on this. I'm not like downgrading him, but I feel like he's gonna end up in a committee. I just don't think that even in
1: Dynasty League, you can be looking four or five years down the road. That's too far, far down. You have no, no idea what no, your team's no, going to look no, like no. at that point. But over the course of the, probably the next three seasons, Dalvin Cook is still going to be a good running back.
2: Uh, that's not for sure. It depends on where he goes. He's shown no really not for
0: he's sure. He shown though.
1: no signs of slowing down, though. Like you brought up Zeke. Zeke has had 1,000-yard season, and it was 1,002 yards in the last three years. Dalvin Cook has had 1,100 yards in four straight seasons.
0: But where does he go? And who's he splitting carries with? And what is does okay. the shoulder hold up? Like, there's so many. I think there's a lot of variables there. Than if just, he goes to Miami. It doesn't matter where he goes.
1: If he goes to Miami. Are you really going to really? Are you that concerned about him splitting carries? With Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, who we know are not even near the capability of, of Dalvin Cook?
0: I, I, I don't think they're near the capability, but I think there's going to be a coach there that's, used to using multiple running backs and only
1: because they didn't have a stud in, in San Francisco until after he was gone.
0: But he'll he'll want to at least keep that stud around for for the playoffs. Um he he's gonna want to keep Dalvin Cook healthy. And there's a reason why they've signed so many fucking running backs and then drafted another running back. Like they understand that it is a committee league. He's gonna use multiple running backs. Whoever's healthy um, whether whether Dalvin Cook's killing it or not, I, I still think other running backs will be used, game in and game out. So, for me, from a dynasty perspective, Drake London for Dalvin Cook, I'll do that all fucking day, all day. And that's that's just my,
1: and, and that's fair. I'm I'm just saying the only two places that I would be concerned about Dalvin Cook not giving you the a minimum of a high RB two would be New England and the Jets. Those are the only two places. Any other place he goes, I feel like he's going to give you that low end RB one or high end RB two.
2: I can see that. Definitely RB two. Yeah, definitely like worth starting. Which yeah you know, is rare these days and age. So you guys are both making good points here. I, I feel that. I feel like I'm da- playing like devil's advocate, but a little bit. Uh, <laughs> you are a little bit. <laughs> no, you guys are both like convincing, <laughs> but at the same time, it's so, fi- it's so hard to find like a good, solid running back. So and people do if devalue Dalvin
0: Cook. If you are um, who did that trade, if you're Little Herbie, I know if you're Dane, you're not giving up Dalvin Cook for Drake London. I'm not saying I
1: wouldn't. I'm just cons- I'm just not gonna immediately say that it's a, a one-sided trade.
2: If I needed a running back. Right, if I need a wide receiver, I am giving up Dalvin Cook for Drake London. But it, it all depends on your, your team setup, you know, and no one really like has like a great running back room. There'll and, be one team in your league that has a good also, running back And you also again room. you brought this up with I do
1: you brought this up with, with your with your trade earlier. If you look at Lil Herbie's receiver room, it's Jamar Chase, AJ Brown, Brandon Ayuk, Calvin Ridley, who I think is
0: gonna go off this year anyways. Yeah, he had, he he could he could part ways for sure. So like he has so, so like so in, in tiger or little Herbie's mind, he's in win now mode, right? Like he has yeah. Now he just he just traded for Patrick Mahomes, he has Jonathan Taylor, Jamar Chase, AJ Brown, Gasicki's his tight end, which is whatever, um, AUK and then Calvin Ridley. Tell him to hit me up. I got tight ends, baby. In in his mind, he thinks he's in win now win now mode, and so I get it. He has wide receiver depth. Um and he's willing to, to give up a young receiver for a extremely talented running back in Dalvin Cook for the next year, maybe two. I mean, that's what it would look like. Yeah.
1: So I guess I guess that's one of the things that we should keep in mind when we're looking over all these trades is the context of them, right? Like, every team's in a different position. So. Yep. So that's really what it comes down to, except, to, except for this next one, because the next one is stupid.
2: <laughs> I, I don't fully understand this one. Yeah, let's just run through this. So this This
0: one was between Happy Dad. These are uh, two orphan um, owners. They took over some teams this year. Happy Dad and Niner Nation. Um, So Happy Dad collects Tyler Lockett and Damian Harris and gives up Michael Thomas and Chase Brown. Chase Brown's the... The backup rookie, to Joe Mixon running back, not even for sure the backup. There's other guys there in the mix. We'll see what how that how that plays out. Um, but he's a rookie, <laughs> and Michael Thomas for Tyler Lockett and Damian Harris. I'm on the Lockett Harris side all day.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's close.
0: Yeah, it's
2: not even close, and, and we'll talk about it here in a second. I actually end up trading for Damian Harris here in like the next two days after this trade. So uh, it seemed like a really happy dad was just after Tyler Lockett, unloading Michael Thomas and Chase Brown, which is good on him, honestly, because we talked about this and I fucking told you guys last year I was gonna die on that hill and that's a hill that I fucking won on, last man standing. <laughs> I love Michael Tyler Thomas. Boy, well, yeah, I love Tyler Lockett, yeah, but Michael okay. Thomas, I told you, I'm one of the fuckers. It wasn't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. But yeah, anyways, I'm not gonna, you know, that's my victory lap for a second.
0: Tyler Lockett's ADP is crazy. Um I've in all my mocks and best ball drafts that I've done, like I'm drafting him almost every single draft. Oh, yeah.
2: so, he he's the new age. Um, Brandon cooks basically. Yeah. He'll,
0: he'll probably outscore both DK and, and JSN. Um,
2: super undervalued. You're getting him last. <laughs> yeah, like and for the way they run their offense, honestly, I mean Geno Smith was like a bit of a like kind of a prodigy last year. Not a prodigy, but you know, an outlier, I guess you would say.
0: Tyler Lockett is he my, fits their offense perfectly. He's mm-hmm. in, in one of the best right now if you're doing like best ball or redraft, or whatever. He's one of the best like flex, like guaranteed production fantasy values in probably all of the draft.
2: Oh, yeah. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he's basically been top twelve every year that he's been healthy the last four years, excluding I think two years ago he got injured. Right? And you're I gonna does
1: four years ago, and so he's been the worst he's finished in the last four seasons is fifteenth. That's the worst. Right. The and worst. It, I
2: wish we could find his ADP in all those oh, years, dude. I've been I trying. guarantee you wasn't drafted above the sixth fucking round.
1: No, not at all. And all he does is continually produce. Yeah,
2: that's what I'm saying. He's like the Brandon Cooks. Like this guy is just like uh, yeah. Brandon Cooks of past former days. You know, we're talking you. Know, Eight to four years ago, or whatever.
0: Pretty sure you're getting him right now in like the eighth, ninth, tenth round. That's depending. insane. There's no way it's that low. He's he had is. a minimum. I swear to God.
1: It's four straight, straight seasons of having a minimum of a thousand yards and at least eight touchdowns.
2: And we're talking about maybe like 130 targets?
1: Not quite. It's actually a little, for his target share, it's actually kind of low compared to like most guys. like His highest targets over those four years is 132, but he's really hovering around, around about 110, 112.
2: And then imagine if he actually fought for yards, too. Because all he does is catch the ball and fall down.
1: Well, he he's little. <laughs> he's, yeah, I don't blame he, him. He's trying to preserve that, his life, you know?
2: <laughs> and he is. I don't blame him. But, man, at the same time, for us fantasy owners, we take the extra 200 yards a season, you know?
0: So, according to Fantasy Pros, 67th overall right now, going wide receiver thirty. Two, he's never sixty
2: seventh would be like top of the fifth in a twelve man league. He's never finished. Yeah,
0: he's never finished beyond wide receiver fifteen. Right
2: in the last four
1: years, that's the worst. Four years, Mm. and And he is the
0: wide receiver thirty two. I mean, that's he's going behind Ayuk. And actually, you can go back five.
1: If you go back to five years, he was London. He was receiver seventeen. So who's
2: who's Ayuk? It's Ayuk. Ayuk. I Yeah.
1: But yeah, even if you go back 5 years, his worst is 17th.
0: God, dude, DK is going as the wide receiver 15. He might outscore DK Metcalf. He probably will. DK is going as the wide receiver 15 right now. Yo, honestly, let's dude, let's talk
2: about the next trade. Honestly, this blows my fucking mind because it involves Trace, Chase Brown again. <laughs> So, Niner Nation takes Chase Brown, right, Um, from Happy Dad, and he trades away Chase Brown and his first-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins, who is not on a team anymore, Brandon Cooks, Tim Patrick, who has also been traded recently in our league, and Khalil Herbert. So, for Chase Brown and her first-round pick next year, your brother gets DeAndre. Oh no! Your brother gives up DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks, Tim Patrick, and Khalil Herbert. This trade to me was like all over the fucking place. It's hard to even like digest at first. Yeah, this is a uh,
0: juice stain special here.
2: <laughs> a little spastic. Yo, and honestly, fun fact: it's the same fucking
0: day. Eight hours later.
2: It's. I almost feel like this is Juice
1: trying to regain the first round pick that he gave to you.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um I think he really wanted a first round draft pick back and decided to just throw a bunch of shit at the wall to see if it sticks.
1: Kind of I mean, so I mean obviously, you know, Hopkins didn't play all of last year cuz of the suspension, but if you took the games he did play and extrapolated that over the course of the entire season, it was more than 1300 yards that he would have had. Like, right back into receiver one territory, right? And to the fact to give him up, even though he's not on a team, he's going to sign somewhere, obviously. Give up a guy in Brandon Cooks, who I think is going to have a resurgence season, being the number two receiver in Dallas this year. And then also giving up a guy in Khalil Herbert, who's going to be the starting halfback in Chicago. For
0: uh, I wouldn't be so quick at least to begin the season. So I think he's, he's starting. An,
1: I think he's a, to begin the season. I mean, obviously, the kid from Texas, uh, Roshan Johnson, I i love. But. I
2: hope so. He's on my taxi squad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, you're please. forgetting about their actual
0: starter, Justin Fields. No, <laughs> well, that yes, and Deontay Foreman will be their actual starter. I'm forgetting about that for sure.
1: I'm not sure if we're gonna see Foreman. Do that. Foreman
2: will be their RB one. I just don't see it, man. I'm from the Midwest. First, it ain't second, the cards, down. dude.
0: Oh, really? That's weird. Because everyone said the same thing last year in Carolina when he literally
1: shit on. That was after the Christian McCaffrey
2: trade,
0: like right. And who's in fucking Chicago? Khalil Herbert.
2: Oh, it's not in the God, cards, dude. dude. It's not in the cards. I do tarot cards. Deontay Foreman
0: will be their starter. I can. I, I will guarantee you that. Khalil Herbert will get mixed in. It'll probably be a fifty-fifty type deal, but I'm not. I all this hype about Khalil Herbert. He's a between-the-tackles guy. He's had a few good games. I, I don't see him as a starting running back at all. Not even close to that. So people said the same thing about
2: um, Eckler. Did they? They did.
1: Yeah, because the Chargers traded Melvin Gordon because they had Eckler. And no one Here's
0: the that other thing. Time. We,
2: right, and does that seem seem familiar? They The Bears traded away their starting guy for a smaller guy who was super productive as a backup. And I'm not saying it's going to happen like Eckler happened, but it's just like they have faith in this smaller guy. And Eckler is a good example of that.
0: Here's the other thing. Um, Juice gave up three receivers in this draft. Or in this trade. DeAndre Hopkins, Cooks, Patrick. But if you look at his roster, he really didn't give up much because he still has Jalen Waddell, Chris Olave, DK Metcalf, who he got in a trade from me, Drake, and Drake London. Like, those are four he has Jameson Williams on the bench, John Mechie. You know, a couple of young and, guys there. But th- those that, that's four guys...
1: That, and that's fair. Honest. It really is. Those but are all you four
0: know, young elite receivers that Right, but don't you still have think he did get upside. enough
1: back in return for this?
0: I don't think he gave up. Like, DeAndre Hopkins, whatever, man. Like, I don't know what value you guys see in him. Like, we'll see where he lands. Yada, yada. I'm kind of... I'm, I'm off the Hopkins train. I traded Juice Hopkins like two years ago, actually. Um... Brandon Cooks. Again, we'll see what happens in Dallas. It might work. It might not. Tim Patrick. We'll see what happens. He might be involved. He might not. It, who knows? That well, is K-
2: someone. We've been holding the bag on Patrick for Khalil a Herbert. Lot.
0: Khalil Herbert. I'm in this. In my opinion, it's like we'll see what happens. Who knows? It's subjective, um, then. And he got a 2024 first. Like he and he needed one. So in my opinion, I don't think he gave up that much for a, a 20. If you really want a 2024 first that badly, like his team is still good enough where he can legitimately win the championship this year. Right. Um, I
1: mean, and Again, like I'll give you that, but I don't know. Just getting Chase Brown in the first round pick doesn't seem like enough value here.
0: I think he could have gotten more because
1: one, you have to remember the Cowboys. Again,
0: it's a lot of name value. It, it's Hold, what on. It is.
1: Hold on. Brandon Cooks doesn't actually have a lot of name value anymore, anyways, because he's been stuck in Houston the last two years. Mm-hmm. Dallas has had a top five passing. Yeah, but offense over
0: time, everyone knows Brandon Cooks has been a consistent fantasy wide receiver. The is like 32 he's, years old. He still has name value, though. I'm talking about name value. I'm not talking about dynasty value.
2: For people that actually fucking pay attention, he's like, right. like we were just saying, he's like Tyler Lockett. He slept on. People don't really know about Brandon Cooks unless you really pay attention.
1: But he's going into an offense, Brandon Cooks is, with the Cowboys. It's been a top-five passing offense.
0: With since... Kellen Moore as their OC, which he no longer yeah, is. Yeah, but
1: it's still all the same players there. Just because they might run the ball a little more doesn't mean that it's still not going to be an amazing passing offense. It's still Dak Prescott running the helm. And since his rookie year, they've been a top-five offense, passing-wise.
0: Yeah, they threw the ball a lot. Right.
1: They also ran the ball a shit ton. That's why Zeke no, no longer has any, has any way to play for because his legs are gone.
2: Well, well peep, peep, peep game so on this like next trade involving your fucking brother again making mad moves. <laughs> he's, he's fucking <laughs> trading right? everything. Yeah, so he ends up with two first rounds in this trade. Okay. A 2024 first and a 2024 f- first round. Or, sorry, I said that twice. 2024 and 2025 first round, and he gives up K.J. Osborne, Isaiah Pacheco, and his second he's, round in 2024. He's and dealing, bro. Yeah. He really is. And his, his third round in 2025, which honestly, like, to me, third rounds don't make like, me Okay, so he shit. gives up
0: KJ, he gives up Pacheco, he gives up a 2024 second and a 2025 third. Yeah. And, and he gets, gets two, two first. Yeah, a 2024 no, I, first and a 2025 first. In my opinion, Juice... I like this trade for this news. is absolute rape. Yeah. Took him over the rails here.
1: Yeah. I mean, it sucks giving up uh, young, up and coming back and Pacheco, but I mean other than that, like. But it's yeah. also
0: Kansas City and Andy. Like, who fucking knows what's right. going to happen with that backfield? Pacheco could be gone next year.
2: <laughs> it it you could. Know what I mean, uh, it totally could happen. We saw what happened last year. They they were let on Jared McKinnon towards the end of the year. Someone who like they, well, yeah, because like Clyde is done,
1: dude. Clyde's out of there.
0: And in oh, my yeah. opinion, the picks that really matter in rookie drafts are first rounders. You can find um, talent and depth in the second and third, but
2: it happens because
0: I got Michael Mayer in the
2: second round this year. Holler at me.
0: I still got to <laughs> wait and see if that guy turns out or not. But he will. Well, we'll see. We'll see. First rounds though are just so fucking valuable. They're so valuable.
2: Yeah, so he traded him in this one. Let's talk about you know
0: one of the most valuable trades that happened recently <laughs> in you know, the Dynasty Draft or the Dynasty League. Yeah, so last one here. Um, happy Dad uh, trading away Damian Harris and Anthony Richardson to Stinky Fingers Jose.
1: Which he took with, what, like the third overall pick in our draft this year?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It is a one-quarterback uh, Dynasty League. Um, Stinky Fingers gave up Jamal Williams and Kyler Murray and in return got Damian Harris and Anthony Richardson
2: I'm curious how you guys feel about that well
0: uh, I'm curious about your thought process so walk us through who offered this trade did you offer it did he offer it was there counters um why'd you do it
2: Uh, I forgot the initial offer basically the initial offer was he wanted Kyler Murray and Jamal Williams and he was going to give up Anthony Richardson. And I was like, okay, I'm already like pretty much in. But I need a little bit more. He gave me somebody else besides Damian Harris. And I looked through his roster and I was like, well, out of all the running backs, because I am thin at running back this year, uh, I was like, okay. Um, out of his running backs that he's willing to part with, I like Damian Harris, who's on the Bills. Damian Harris, when healthy, even though he does have injury issues, was an absolute monster on the Patriots. Scoring touchdowns every single game that he fucking played. There's a little bit of like a stigma being on the Bills because since Josh Allen has joined the Bills, there has not been a good running back. So it it is a bit bit of a risk, but to me, in my opinion, I get to offload Kyler Murray, and I'll have Anthony Richardson.
0: Okay, so... Kyler Murray was your starting quarterback, right? He was the quarterback that I started with in our Dynasty
2: League, yeah, and he was my starting quarterback, yeah. But someone who I had absolutely no faith in at all. So I was like, okay, you're going to give me someone who I really have a lot of faith in, who has huge rushing upside, who is probably going to start this year, and we talked about it a million times in this podcast. Even if you're not the greatest pastor, we saw it last year with Justin Fields, We've seen it a million times, or not a million, but plenty of times in the last like three or four years. If you have rushing upside as a quarterback, it will offset your inabilities as a passing quarterback until that shit comes along. And Anthony Richardson's fucking huge. He's like Josh Allen size, basically, and he's but super run, he, fast. He
1: is the size of Josh Allen and runs like Lamar Jackson. So there is that.
2: Yeah. So I mean the 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 abilities are crazy. And like I said, I'm not in win now mode. I'm like in win next year, maybe the next year. Yeah, like I'm kind of definitely
0: you took a risk, right? Because Richardson still has to prove himself on some level. You know, in terms of fantasy, Kyler Murray has kind of proven himself to be valuable in fantasy football. Years whether ago. that whether that translates here on out, I I don't know. I'm not a huge Kyler Murray fan myself, but I like the trade. I mean, like, you took a risk, right? So you sold a guy who's might be at his highest value ever in Kyler Murray right now. Probably um, it will be his
2: highest value ever. It could ever. be. It, it which, very well
0: could be. Which is
2: crazy considering
1: he's not going to play at the minimum of, like, six games this year. Probably more than
3: that,
0: though. Yeah, he he might not play half the fucking season. Mm-hmm. And so, and then you got, you know, him at, you know, Anthony Richardson could be a guy for the next mm-hmm. ten years, you know. Um we don't know. It's still a big question mark, but you took a shot on it on a guy and, and really the running backs for me it's kind of even. Um Jamal Williams, he might score a bunch of fucking red zone touchdowns this year. He might not. I yeah. don't know. We'll I, see. I just
2: don't see it though with Tays sorry. With with Taysom Hill and them still having um
0: there's definitely more like, options. Kamaru.
1: You have Kamara yeah. there. You still have Chris Alave in the red zone as well. Um, and we have to like everyone's Kendrick
0: like... Kendrick Miller. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's your guy. Um, I like, we we, we like, like him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and with Jamal Williams, he led the league in rush touchdowns last year. We know it over the course of history... Touchdowns are not a sustainable thing year over year over year. You it's not always a see a difference. sticky stat. Yeah, yeah. So, and I completely understand getting rid of Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray. Like I said, I told I told you guys both this before, but I don't think Kyler Murray plays this season.
0: I don't either. <laughs> they threw a bunch of money at this guy. They need him to be a hundred percent right when he comes back.
1: But the thing is, like in, in my thought process, I think he's going to
0: miss a significant amount at the beginning of the season for sure. See,
1: see, this is like they're already saying, like minimum six games he's going to miss, right? I think he's probably more than likely not going to be ready to come back to like week ten or twelve. But that's case let's say he comes back in week ten, right? The Cardinals' roster is terrible. If they're one and nine or two and eight, come that time, why why, why, why play, play him? Yeah. yeah, and it's a brand new regime. So at that point, you know they're tanking. They're going to go and pick one of the top quarterbacks in the draft next year, probably Caleb Williams. Out of USC, and they're going to try to ship off Kyler Murray.
0: Yep,
2: which they should do. And like you said, I got rid of him at probably his highest. You, yeah, uh, oh, for sure. Value. I,
0: I, I mean, not for sure, but like he could come back, he could play and be amazing. Who knows? Um, in my opinion, over. though, I'm more willing to bet on the side of he might be at his highest value ever right yeah. now. No,
1: I think I, that's just the
0: sad truth. Like he, a ton of talent. But it takes a lot more than just talent to be yeah. successful at quarterback.
1: And the thing is, too, like you said, you're taking the long approach here to your to your roster, which so it makes this makes all kinds of sense for you. Um, yeah. And then and clearly, I know um, Happy Dad. He's new to the to dynasty leagues, so he's
0: he's figuring it out. Yeah.
1: He, I mean, he's going into this roster rebuild, hard, trying to win right now. Yeah. And I have to admit. He went from by far the worst team in the league. His He's made start, some moves. His starting lineup, is, it's not great, but it's definitely solid. It's gotten better, for Yeah, sure. his starting lineup right now is Trevor Lawrence, Tony Pollard, Isaiah Pacheco, Christian Kirk, Tyler Lockett, George Kittle, David Montgomery, Jamal Williams. It's a pretty solid starting lineup. Now, he has no depth anymore. Um, well, not like he really had any. He, in the past he needs
2: receivers if he's going to compete. Let's be honest. Well, I
1: mean, yeah, I mean, he's running with you know.
0: He's got my boy Lockett though. Christian Kirk, I think, could have a big year, and he's got the stack with Trevor Lawrence.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just saying, like his roster was so bad, and now it's. You didn't need Kyler Murray, <laughs> like no, but he is. He's a Cardinals fan. He loves Kyler Murray, yeah, yeah. so I'm not surprised that the trade was made. Uh, but you know, I just have to. I have to say, his roster is. It's legitimate now, and is he going to win this year? No, but is he going to be competitive? Hell yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, that'll do it for the trades. Um, So that last trade, Damian Harris, Anthony Richardson for Jamal Williams, Kyler Murray. A bit of a calamity, in my opinion. A
1: lot of really interesting trades. A couple of them made no sense to me, but honestly, as we dug into some of these, they Made more sense now that we dug into it more, not just at face value.
0: And that's that's what happens. You really got to think about these things. You know, uh, one thing I've noticed, Big Herbie not involved in a whole lot of trades. Dude, no one's
1: accepting my shit. Mm, I maybe,
0: mean, now granted, oh, I did make the very first. overvaluing. I made your the very first. A little hold bit.
1: on. No, no, no. <laughs> no I'm, I've actually haven't even gotten trade offers. I've only sent them out and no one's accepting them. Um, I also did make the very first trade of this offseason, though trading up to number two overall, not expecting you to then trade to number one to <laughs> steal Bajon <genre> from me.
0: <laughs> so, oh, yeah.
1: yeah, there's that. Uh,
0: a little dynasty tip. <clears throat> if you see someone with a logo of an NFL team as their profile picture, you can likely trade that player, players of the team, um, at an increased inflated value. So I traded Christian McCaffrey for Bijan Robinson. And I will do that every day, all day for the rest of my life as I play Dynasty Fantasy Football. Yeah. But for now, uh, we're gonna re-rank our receivers real quick. Uh, top five rookie wide receivers after the NFL draft. We're gonna rank them in a redraft fantasy football kind of uh value. And uh rank them 1 through 5 as who we see having the best fantasy um output in a redraft league for 2023. Yeah. If that made sense. So we're just
1: based, we're, we're just now reevaluating these guys on based on what they're going to do this season
0: yeah. alone. Based on where they landed and I I would say I would call it like a redraft ranking, right? Mm-hmm. Um well basically we like <clears throat>
2: we, did, we did a, a pre draft ranking. We don't know where the fuck these guys are gonna go. Now we know where they're at. Right. So now we will, we will, like we have a way better idea of like what they're gonna their at least their near future outlook is gonna be. Correct.
0: I think it's pretty obvious, uh starting at the top. I think we all had the same number one, right? JSN, absolutely.
2: Consensus number one.
0: No 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 for the re-ranking, for re-ranking,
2: uh, it, it, we have all uh the same number one yeah. re-ranking.
0: Yep, we do. So obviously it was JSN before the NFL draft, but um, given where they fell, uh, we all had Jordan Adders- Addison <coughs> as the number one uh rookie wide receiver for redraft leagues for this year, immediate impact. Um I guess I'll start. Uh Addison was my wide receiver too, you know, just based off of talent alone in our pre-draft rankings, um and in my opinion landed in the perfect opportunity went 23 overall to the Minnesota Vikings. Um should probably finish number 2 in targets for this team, extremely productive um out of college. Is undersized, but extreme production. Um, And really proved, in my opinion, watching the tape, that he could beat man coverage consistently on the outside, which is what the Vikings wanted, which is why they were happy to draft Jordan Addison. K.J. Osborne is still there, typically a slot receiver. That's where he's most versatile, where he can do the most damage. Not really a, a... elite route runner on the outside like like a Jordan Addison. So it's a good fit. Um you know I think he should have an immediate impact and I think we all agree on that.
1: Yeah absolutely I mean KJ Osborne realistically is a one-trick pony he's he's mostly a deep threat right Jordan Addison was probably it was between him and JSN in terms of like the best route runners coming out of this draft. Um, yeah. And Addison proved that he could do it against multiple competitions because he did it with at two different schools. He was the Blintikoff winner at uh, Pitt when he was there with Kenny Pickett, and then he went to USC. Didn't put up quite the same numbers, but was still extremely productive at USC with Caleb Williams. So he's going to be there. And not to mention, this is a really high-octane offense. Kirk Cousins has shown throughout his career, at least especially when he's been in Minnesota, he can sustain two fantasy-relevant receivers very easily. It started off with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. In recent years, it was Thielen and Justin Jefferson. I don't see any reason why it's not still going to be Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison this year.
2: Yeah. No, I'm totally with you. You guys are pretty much beating the same drum that I'm saying. Um, But but with the release of Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen, we're talking about uh, 163 targets being vacated. Sheesh! 107 just from Adam Thielen, 56 from Dalvin Cook. And Alexander Marisons taking over the backfield.
1: Not much of a pass catcher.
2: Not much of a pass catcher. Exactly. That's pretty, pretty much what I was about to say. In his best season, obviously as a backup, he had 39 targets. Yeah. So um, word up. He is really in his targets at a pretty high rate. I will say that, but it's it's a low. It's a low. Um, what would you say? What's the word for that? It, it's a low like output. Well, it's it's a low, like, test percentage to be like, oh, yeah, he's going to catch all of his targets. You know, when you feel like getting targeted 40 oh, times yeah. a year and you're catching 32 of them, it's, it's not exactly saying, like, oh, I'm getting targeted 60 times a year, I'm catching 50 of them. Right. It, it, it's different once you get like, a target target ratio, a larger target share. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So th- there's a lot of targets to be uh, had in this offense. I know they did add another tight end, um, but I don't think that's really going to fucking matter. So Jordan Addison is definitely in the best position as a rookie wide receiver right now to make an immediate impact and do something for you fantasy-wise.
0: All right, uh, moving on. Let's talk about our number two receivers. I had uh, Quentin Johnson for me at number two. Um, I guess I'll just do my spiel because I think you guys had someone different. I had Quentin Johnson. Um, Allen, Keenan Allen missed basically nine games last year. Uh, Mike Williams basically missed five games last year. That's a total of 14 games. The Chargers, out of 18, were without their one of their starting wide receivers. The Chargers also brought in a new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. Um, they're going to throw the ball a shit ton. That's what Kellen Moore does. He's playing, um, you know, that is Quentin Johnson's playing with an elite talent at quarterback, and uh, there's plenty of draft capital into Quentin Johnson. They drafted him in the first round, 21st overall. In fact, I think he went ahead of uh, Jordan Addison, ahead of Zay Flowers as well. He might have been the first receiver off the board out of the next four guys that we're going to talk about.
2: I think he was the second one off the board. He was after JSN. He was after JSN. Yeah, he was second. Right you know. after
0: JSN. So Jason went 20, he went 21st. Um look, we've been waiting since 2018 for Mike Williams to put together, you know, a consistent productive fantasy season and it just hasn't happened. And I and I at this point, you know, I was a believer in Mike Williams the last couple of years. I don't think I don't think it can happen. Um I think the writing's on the wall. The Chargers see that as well. Quentin Johnson will be wide receiver three until one of those guys get hurt. But the thing is, for me, and the reason why he sits at number two, is I think the Chargers are going to run a shit ton of 11 personnel while all three of these guys are healthy. And 11 personnel, for those of you who don't know, it's one running back, one tight end, three receivers. They're going to run that a shit ton with these three guys. Um, Kellen Moore, uh, when he was Dal- with Dallas, uh, he ran eleven personnel about seventy five percent of the time, which is top of the league. Um, that's what they're going to do with these three freaks. So until one of them gets hurt, um, so that's why KJ makes my number two. I understand JSN. I love his talent. Q- QJ. QJ, what did I say? <laughs> KJ. QJ is yeah, what K, I mean.
1: Yeah, KJ Osborne on the
0: brain. Uh, the reason why I slotted him ahead of of JSN and and Zay is simply on opportunity. I think he's going to see the field a little bit more. I think all three of these guys will be slotted in as wide receiver threes to start the season, and opportunity will come based off of injuries and 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 scheme and game plan and all that. So I'm just taking my bet on on uh, Quentin Johnson right now.
2: Yeah, I should probably go next because I'm the uh, person who has him ranked the next highest. I got Quentin Johnson at number three for my top five wide receivers after the draft. And um, basically, I agree with pretty much everything that James said. I'm not going like, to reiterate all that stuff. But the, the fact that he is behind two wide receivers that are injury prone, that definitely puts him in like, a really good position. And the fact that he has a, a really similar profile to Mike Williams puts him in a good spot to see playing time. But he is a very raw wide receiver, so I had my number three behind somebody else, which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, so yeah, I I think he has a really good chance to do something good this year, and it it really was mixed between like two or three between like him or Zay Flowers for me, honestly, it really close for me. But I do like Quentin Johnson, definitely something that's very valuable moving forward, and it, with everything that you said. He should see at least if they are running eleven personnel seventy five percent of the time. This is someone who's going to get like at least eighty targets this year.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a lot of uh, three out of four plays. You have three receivers on the field,
2: right? And it probably times. won't be the same because the Cowboys are you know they're pretty locked in on what they were doing for the last couple of years, so it probably won't translate. But at I the same it, time, I think it
0: might. Now you're now you're with a head coach that is a lot more loose and willing to you know, go for it on fourth down, whereas Mike McCarthy was very traditional, wanted to run the ball. So that whole time, Kellen Moore is battling with fucking big Mike McCarthy, who obviously is like, I want to run the ball. You know what I mean? Like he's that type of coach all day, every day. And they still ran 11 personnel 75% of the time. Right, and I agree with you. Just, just imagine environment. what he's going to do in L.A. now with head coach who's much more you know, with the times and kind of like, hey, whatever fucking works, let's rip it. Well, Let's just say this, I just think they're going to throw the ball a shit ton,
2: dude. This the last thing I'm going to say about him. Let's just say Quentin Johnson takes longer to come along than he should have. Josh Palmer was coming along real nice towards the end of the year. Sure. So it, it might take him a while to get himself into the picture.
0: It could. And I would agree with that more if Quentin Johnson was like a second or third round draft pick. The fact they took him twenty first overall, that's a lot of draft capital. Like that, in the first round, your first round draft pick has to fucking hit, and and they need to have in this day and age an immediate impact on your team. There's no like, we'll wait three years and we'll see. Like you're a first round draft pick, you're getting paid a shit ton of money now. You have to have an immediate impact, especially if you're a receiver, like.
2: It makes sense, yeah. It definitely makes sense. What do you think, Big Irby? I know you're not as high as...
1: I'm, I'm not. And all this comes down to me for 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 where I have... I roomed at fourth, okay? It all comes down, especially as a rookie. I don't trust him.
2: That's why I brought up Josh yeah. Palmer. Yeah.
1: And the reason I don't, he had 1,069 yards last year in college, right, at TCU. 65% of those yards came in four games out of 14 games that they played.
0: So you're telling me he's Mike Mike Williams 2.0?
2: Yes. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. And honestly, which still makes him a top, like, uh, uh, more than a flex. He can be a little bit Yeah, except
1: Mike Williams is already in front of him with another receiver, so...
2: Theoretically, one of them gets injured. Which one of them will, honestly. It sounds horrible, but one of them is going to. So that's
1: what it comes down to. If you take away those four games, his highest receiving yardage on any other game was 76 yards. Yeah. And that's where it comes down to. We also saw him completely wilt away in some of the biggest moments. Yep. The, namely, the national championship game where he had one catch for three yards.
0: But.
2: See, I have to watch film on that. But. It's just like, is it him? <laughs> is it the game but plan? But he was in the national
0: like, championship.
1: You know? Well, yeah, but it's a team game. More than any other sport in the world, sure. football is a team game. It's not just one guy that gets you there.
0: Absolutely. But Unless you're Patrick Mahomes. you got to have some dogs. <laughs> you got to. Or to to or get her. there, you gotta have dogs.
1: You do, and it's just so it's just for me. I just don't think I trust him enough in his rookie year. He to was see a
0: dog, what, dog.
1: No, the dogs whooped on him. Actually,
0: I know, but they made it
2: there. Hey, he caught that one ball for three yards. Right? Yeah, one ball for three yards. Hell yeah! It's like almost ten feet, dude.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, do you want to talk about year number two?
1: Yeah, me and Trey actually have the same number two here. Uh, we both have Zay Flowers up in number two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look at it, at it similar to Addison where he's going to come into this offense and immediately be the number two receiver behind OBJ and obviously there's a little more competition there because you have Mark Andrews you know, one of the top tight ends of the game but I have a lot of faith in uh, Todd Monken being the new a- OC there he was the offense coordinator at Georgia on the back-to-back national championship teams that had very prolific offenses I know their defense is what You know, most people credit for their championships, but you can't doubt that he didn't turn Stetson Bennett into a Heisman candidate. You know, that Stetson Bennett was a guy who was not super highly recruited, jumped from school to school to school, and then beat out two of the top quarterbacks in the nation to be the starting quarterback in Georgia. Mm -hmm. So, I think that offense translates to a much higher octane offense, a lot more passing, and with Zay Flowers being able to be the number two guy there... um, and potentially the number one guy in terms of theory, we don't know what OBJ is going to be coming off of back-to-back major injuries. I'm Correct. sorry, at this point, Rashad Bateman, I'm kind of off of that drain. It's been two years now. He hasn't shown really anything. I'm hurt. Okay. But even when he's been healthy, he hasn't shown anything. Has he really? Come on.
0: I'd say flashes.
1: Okay. Like a
0: catch? <laughs> no flashes, and I'm like you. Hold on to Finish it, but it honestly,
2: down. the flashes they are they're few and far between, man. Over two years, it's you got to let go eventually.
0: Of what? The flashes. <laughs> here's my here's the thing. uh If you're drafting right now in Best Ball or ReDraft, if you're doing that. Uh, Zay Flowers and, and Rashad Bateman, they're both going really late. Um in fact, Zay Flowers, who's never taken an NFL snap, is going ahead of Rashad Bateman. In my opinion, I love Rightfully Ra- so. I and I don't agree. I, I loved um Rashad Bateman's tape out of college. Rashad Bateman ran a what, four three, nine forty at six foot one, two hundred pounds. Zay Flowers, who's 5'9", 175 pounds, soaking wet. Ran a four-four-two. This um, weird, like, confidence in Zay Flowers. I think he's a good player. I think he's going to be productive. But the fact, uh, I can't buy the wide receiver one hype at all. I I think it's a. I think he's a long way from that. Um, the NFL is different yeah. than Boston College. and who they play. I I think that it's, I think it's a longer road than what people are giving Zay flowers right now. I get the opportunity for sure. And I love, I love the addition of, of Todd, um, Todd Munkin. They, he throws the ball a shit ton in neutral situations. Like he's going to throw the ball more than he is going to run the ball, which is good. We haven't seen that from Baltimore in a long time. um, I hope that works well with Lamar. He hasn't played in that type of scheme ever. So we'll see what happens with that. But I believe in Lamar Jackson. I think he could have a big year, but I think there's a lot more question marks here at the wide receiver position than, and what, you know, honestly, really sways me is like most people are saying Rashad beam is done. He can't play. It's all Zay flowers. And I like <laughs> whatever the majority's doing. I, typically like to like look at the other side of it and be like why is that why is that happening Rashad Bateman in my opinion is a better athlete um better sized profile for NFL wide receiver um I loved his fucking college tape that's why I was so high on him once he started to get an opportunity I was like dude if they just throw the ball more this guy could be elite and I truly believe that. And so, and they still have Mark Andrews who is the fucking wide receiver one on this team. He's the guy. So I think there's more competition here than people are giving him credit for. That's why I put him below JSN. Actually, JSN, um, in my opinion, they cut, co- they're coming into the season in similar situations as wide receiver threes. And I think JSN is a way better wide receiver than Zay flowers is. So, Mm. And all the best ball drafts that I've done so far, um Why all of them still playing best ball. All the mock drafts just to put money on something and like, draft right now is really the only reason. I don't want to put money on a redraft league and I don't really want to draft for real without putting money down. So
1: <laughs> Okay. Fair enough. Okay, so in the eighteen games Richard Bateman has played in the NFL, he's averages less than three three catches per game.
0: Yeah. Who was their offensive coordinator? And what was their main objective?
1: Even then, like even with a a team that's not throwing a bunch of balls, you know, in particular, like a guy like a Drake London, who was on a team that pl- that threw the ball less than the Ravens did, was still getting way over that.
0: Yeah, I'm saying in tape that I've watched, like Rashad Bateman, I think has shown flashes. Uh-huh. If you watch the tape, college tape, there's been some instances in the NFL. I know they're few and short. But
1: well, I mean, it's not like, okay, you brought up college. You're uh, talking
0: about comparing a guy that fits the NFL profile is faster than the other guy. And this other guy has never taken one NFL snap in his life. And he's five foot 5'9", 170 pounds.
2: Mm. So, yeah, am I going to debate y'all going?
0: I'm just saying, I will take the guy who's at least been in the league for a couple of years and oh, yeah. fits the profile much more. And showed me the same thing that Zay Flowers did, if not more, in college tape. Over yeah. the guy that's shown me what.
2: I I still have faith in Rashad Bateman, but Zay Flowers to me has a mad potential as far as this draft. For class For what goes. reason? As far as this draft class goes, because their wide receiver two position is. Still I know. Open.
0: I'm, I'm. I don't care about the draft class. I'm talking about Zay Flowers over Rashad. What I already told you. I take What, what is Zay, Zay Flowers has shown? I guess you, well, he,
2: he
1: hasn't had the chance to show anything. off. he's not in the NFL, but you're so talking about... So it's un... Okay, well, then... There's it's... nothing... Then what's the point of even doing these rankings? You could say the same thing about Quentin Johnson. You could say, say the same thing about Jackson Smith and Jigba because they haven't played a single fucking down in the NFL. Sure. So I'm... it's all about potential. Yeah.
0: I, I, and I'm not comparing Zay or JSN. I'm talking about Zay versus Rashad. And the fact that Zay is being drafted ahead of Rashad Bateman, to me, is crazy.
1: Which one of them I has did. a higher? So you're saying right now you would take Rashad Bateman because he has a higher floor. Have power.
0: taken Rashad in, Bateman in a redraft league? Yes. They're so going. You, they're going about the same spot. So
1: who do you think has higher potential this season? Then you would say Bateman over Zay Flowers? Yes,
0: Rashad Bateman, hundred percent.
2: Well, if you've been bitten on Bateman the last couple of years, I wouldn't blame you for taking Zay Flowers over Rashad Bateman. Because I've been bitten. Well, first of all, when you're watching Ravens games, bit. you understand that like at least half of the plays are improvised plays. Sure. Lamar Jackson's buying extra time. So at that point, like size almost doesn't matter. It's about like you know connection with your quarterback. Most of and what they've done in the open. past
0: makes no impact on my decision on this topic at all. Because they have a whole new offensive coordinator. It's going to be a completely different offense. So all of that makes no impact on my decision at all.
2: Well, I, I am just going to say this about Zay Flowers. He is my number two, okay? <laughs> I um, get it. It's
0: the new hotness. I'm just saying. He
2: is the new hotness, and th- they have struggled to find someone behind Mark Andrews to be their wide receiver number two. And the reason Mark, Andrew- Mark Andrews really is a wide receiver yeah. one is because of their connection and their chemistry. When Lamar Jackson's on the run, he knows how For to sure. like, adjust to these things. So, it, like I said, it's not really a size thing. It's more of a connection thing. Rashad Bateman, he's had a decent amount of opportunities. Like you said, only 18 games in two years, right? Mm-hmm. So he's missed a decent amount of games. So their connection's probably not as tight as it should be, even though they've been practicing together. Zay Flowers, as far as these rookies goes, he's in a good position for someone who does still pass for a good amount of passing yards, even though last year was a down year for them. So he's in a good spot.
0: Zay Flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think he's getting propped up a little bit. I'm just saying, we'll see what happens. Okay,
2: well, fuck it. Let's talk about JSN then.
0: Yeah, at least this
1: is one we can all agree on. We all have JSN at three.
0: <laughs> Jason, um, do I, we really? three? I had him at. I got him at four. No, I had him at three. Yeah. Wait. What the fuck's going on?
2: Yeah, I got JSN at four. So obviously, while he's pulling this back up, JSN was our uh, pre-draft excuse me <laughs> pre-draft consensus number one wide receiver yep. that changed because now our post-draft consensus one re- number one wide receiver is jordan addison
1: yeah but again that's only for this season it's still long term here i still say jsn is the number one guy regardless what happens to the quarterback in seattle because he's that oh, good yeah. of a talent di-
0: di- oh, yeah. dynasty purposes he is far and above in my opinion as far as talent goes He's still number one. He's a tier, yeah. at least above the rest of these guys. I mean, it's realistically, a, it's I think the same.
1: I'm sure we all have the exact same sentiment when it comes to JSN. Is that he's just behind two studs yeah. at receiver, mm-hmm. and so he's just going to limit his opportunities. Is all.
0: Here's why I had JSN at three though. Still, even um, the fact that he's coming in as kind of a a hard wide receiver three uh more than 75% of the Seahawks passing plays last year came out of 11 personnel um which again is three wide receivers, one running back, one tight end um that wide receiver three last year was Marquise Goodwin um who JSN is i think Probably 10 times better. It's not even um, close. As far as a complete receiver goes. And
2: and just to say really quick, we talked about Marquise Goodwin for uh, quite a few weeks as being like a borderline starter. He did. Because of the usage. Yeah. Mid year,
1: he did start to come on a little bit, but not enough to really. But I mean, again, it wasn't consistent. Yeah. JSN's talent is far and away Mm
2: -hmm. more.
1: And he's more of a, probably more traditional slot receiver because Marquise Goodwin um, is a track guy. He's a, he's a, Burner, right? Oh, yeah, right? Burner, for sure. And where JSN is a very, very good route runner, and Elite. he's shown Elite that he, yeah. when he's at Ohio State, he could find the holes in his own, too. So he's going to perfectly complement Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf.
0: And so here's what separated it for me. This is why I put JSN above Zay Flowers. In my opinion, Z, uh, JSN is a much, much better receiver, much more complete right, right now. now than Zay Flowers. He is. And I think they're going to get the same amount of opportunity.
2: It really could do. happen if the passing offense continues to be as productive as was in Seattle.
1: Which, I mean,
0: if Geno Smith can keep it going,
1: yeah.
2: The The only difference is that, you know, Zay Flowers might become a wide receiver, too, depending on how OBJ plays in the offseason. JSN is obviously wide receiver, three. Yeah. There's like no way in hell he makes his way above Tyler Lockett. It's no. just not going to happen. No, no. I, mean,
1: I think ultimately when it came down to it, it's that you have a much higher regard for for Bateman than me and Trey do, and that's yes. where that really comes down to. Yeah, I think so.
2: Right, but the, 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 but we're talking about like where these players might end up, and so like Zay Flowers might end up as a wide receiver too. Best case scenario. So could so could JSN. But best case scenario, no, the I only re- the only reason he would even end up wide receiver two on that offense is if an injury happens.
0: But what do you consider wide receiver two or three? Because Mark Andrews is still on that team. So are you saying Zay Flowers will be ahead of Rashad Bateman?
2: I'm saying if Zay Flowers like lines up as a second wide receiver on their offense, he's wide receiver two.
0: Yeah, but what does competing that mean? With Rashad that doesn't Bateman. mean shit in terms of targets. Well,
2: that's what I'm saying. Like Competing with Rashad Bateman, we don't know what's going to happen.
0: Because Mark Andrews is, if you want to talk about targets, he's the number one target. Yeah, and he's going to get a lot of fucking targets.
2: No, that's obvious. That's what I'm saying. I guess we we'll am talking about, like target share wise. Then, right? So target share wise on the Seahawks, Mark Andrews there's might have no a way higher target
0: away. share than DK Metcalf, who's considered he, he, the he, wide receiver one on, he, in Seattle. He, right? he
1: probably he probably will.
2: But you uh, see what I'm saying, though, right? So, as far okay. as like being like basically the most targeted per- person in the passing game. Zay Flowers might be number two. He has an opportunity ahead to. of Rashad Bateman, is what you're saying? Yes. it's a possibility. Okay. It's, it's more of a possibility. I'm of saying him beating I'm going to straight up Bateman. say yes.
1: I think Zay Flowers has more targets than Rashad Bateman does this year.
2: And it's definitely a higher Why, though. Let, let's just talk <laughs> possibilities though, because he's
0: a rookie, fast. What what is it?
2: Rashad yeah. Bateman's injury history and the fact that he hasn't connect, like, made a connection with Lamar
0: Jackson. And Zay has.
1: Again, no. you're, you're bringing <laughs> up a hypothetical. <laughs> because it don't hasn't know. Happened. Exactly. But, I, but I'm taking what? Zay Flowers' talent over Rashad Bateman.
0: Oh, right. See, that's why I think you're wrong.
1: And I think, I think honestly, I think you have... Oh, but, a, oh,
0: what, what? Is he faster? No.
1: Is he okay. bigger? Hold no. on, hold on, hold on. Connection. connection is all that matters. Speed on a 40-yard dash. Neither of them
0: have a connection, is what you're saying.
1: Speed on a 40-yard dash means nothing to, to game speed.
0: So what, Rashad?
1: Even if you look, even if you look at, at Rashad Bateman's tape, he's a great contested catcher. He's not great after a uh, uh, run after the catch. Zay Flowers is outstanding at running after after
2: the catch. Yeah, I thought we're talking about very okay. cut and dry shit. We're talking about connection with the quarterback. So like Rashad Bateman, like he was just saying, averaging three catches a game in the year and a half that he's actually been on the field with Lamar Jackson. Right. That means nothing. Okay. So let's just say. For some reason, it's just not happening with them. He has a pretty good chance to hopefully develop a connection compared to the fact that JSN on Seattle is going on to this team We're like, for a fact, unless someone gets fucking injured, he is, no matter what, the wide receiver three. DK Metcalf and Tyre Lockett are definitely those guys. And that's the way, at least in my mind, I don't know if that's how you're thinking about it, but that's how I'm approaching it. Sure. For this yeah, immediate I year, I mean, ultimately, you know what I'm
1: saying. Just because we keep coming back to this this debate, ultimately, we're talking about when we're talking about Flowers and Bateman, it's the way we see their potential. And when you're arguing potential, there can never be a winner until it actually happens. We're talking about what could happen,
2: right? Exactly. So, but we know what won't happen is the fact that JSN is will he will not start over DK Metcalf and Tyre lo- Lockett.
0: Well, there's and never there there's never, never, you never know.
2: I just don't – there's no fucking way. I feel like Seattle would riot if Tyler Lockett was not the wide receiver, too.
0: Here, here's the deal is when the Seahawks do throw the ball, it's going to be a lot of 11 personnel, most of it.
2: Which which was a good stat that you brought up, but at the same time, the motherfucker's got to run the ball. So, like, he, I'm not saying he's not going to get the ball, but I would not be surprised if I, by the end of the year – Um. God damn it. And Flowers gets the ball more than JSN does just because it's a situation thing. That's all it is. It's not a talent thing. We All three of us love JSN. It's how you
0: view the situation. Right.
2: JSN's that guy. We're all in on him. And if any one of us could get him on our dynasty team, we'd fucking be on it instantly. Absolutely. Yes. I I have him. Yes. Fuck off, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. But
1: now granted, I only took him because this fucker stole Pichon from me.
2: And that's what you got to do. <laughs> so yeah, obviously JSN very valuable. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, All
0: right, so honestly, we, this
1: is m- probably the most so over Zay. debate we've had ever on
0: this podcast. Oh yeah, it's been a minute. Well, yeah when you when you shit on the the new shiny toy, you know it's it's gonna bring up some some emotions. Right, man, a little bleach, fire. whatever.
2: You wash the toy off, dude. Fucking. Sh-
0: I just can't <laughs> wait till. You know, we look back on this and we're like, "All right, did you guys learn your lesson now to to not hype up the five foot nine receiver over?"
2: I'm like, "Damn, that's like Antonio Brown, but he's like not jizzing on people's backs. That's crazy." Zay Flowers is a superstar. I, I don't
0: know. I could be totally wrong, and and that's the beauty of of fantasy football, right?
1: You know, the crazy thing is, you're shitting on Zay Flowers. You had him as your third best receiver coming into the draft. Yeah, I know. So, how, have you? Are you regretting ranking him number three overall? Now, is that what's coming down to?
0: No, um, he's Jose and
2: loyal. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I gotta say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to, to quote Chris Brees, yeah. Yeah.
0: I think the more I look into it, I'm like, um, maybe I didn't do a deep enough dive into Zay Flowers, but I, I still believe in the talent. Like I have him at four, my top five. You know. I I th- I still think he's gonna have a good year. I'm just what I'm saying is I think Rashad Bateman's being. Yeah, you know, I th- I think the ADP is a little crazy. It is crazy because, like I told you before,
2: I would take Rashad Bateman over him easily. But
0: it's pretty easy to do right I now.
2: Still want Zay Flowers just because of the, the possibility.
0: I just get yeah I don't know worried about the the overhype. I don't know what to call it, hyper-hypernization because of uh, – The hyper-hypeness. Just because of – it's it seems like right now the, the the door's wide open for any receiver in Baltimore, right? But,
1: yeah. No, 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 and I'll give you that. It's just at this point, I think
0: – I think that door is not as open as people see it right now.
1: It's just, I don't know, when it comes to Bateman, I feel like at this point I've – seen what he can do in the NFL, and it's not that impressive. I feel
0: like I haven't. I feel like I have not at all. He came into his rookie year off abdominal surgery and missed like half the year, came back in his rookie year at the end of the year, and then on a team, by the way, who didn't want to throw the ball at all, and then last year gets the Liz Frank injury and misses like 11 weeks or 12 weeks or something like that. Like He missed basically the entire year. I just feel like I haven't seen, and I love Rashad Bateman's tape. When I think of Rashad Bateman, I think about me sitting there on this fucking laptop watching every single snap and being like, "Dude, this guy is good. He's really good. He really play."
2: I feel the same, but the injury history doesn't. Like, and then you look at the, you? the
0: the the profile right six foot one, two hundred pounds, ran a faster forty than Zay Flowers. He's faster than Zay Flowers. Who's five foot nine, one hundred and seventy pounds?
1: Right, but I think you're you could be overhyping. He was. Like plenty of guys a are four fast- three
0: nine versus a four four two. Okay, hold on. He ran that before. Oh, that's those a big injuries. difference.
1: Hold on, F- a forty yard dash time means just not a whole lot when it comes to s- uh, field speed. We have pl- we know plenty of guys in the league that didn't gr- run great forties, but are fastest shit on the field.
2: Who? <laughs> Well, there are plenty of guys, but think about this: the plenty. fact that there's you know, so many. That's why I don't like forty <laughs> times when you talk about guys who've been in the league a couple of years. Because uh, Bateman's a perfect example. He's been injured multiple
0: times since then. Okay, no, he's funny. been injured once, and the first one was a surgery that he had to get before he ever took an NFL snap. Yeah, well, he missed his entire it's like, like healthy healthy. season for that. He missed five or six games. In
2: 2020, he didn't he's even play a rookie, a game. huh? He didn't even play a game 2021
0: in Twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two is what we're he played twelve about.
1: games of twenty one and six games of twenty two.
0: He wasn't in the NFL in twenty twenty. He was shitting on people. But
1: polls. I'm saying like realistically, forty I'm times be nothing. Room. Like Sorry. guys that are super fast don't necessarily make making a league. John Ross has the NFL f- uh combined forty yard record at four two seven and has done no- and never did anything in the league.
2: But this has got come off a foot injury. What did Zay Flowers he's do? He's going to still run the same.
1: Zay Flowers <laughs> has a chance to have a <laughs> – stop saying that. You can't fucking That's say That's what it. I'm
0: saying, though. That's what I'm saying is Rashad Bateman has checked things off the box. What? That Zay Flowers hasn't.
1: Three catches a game?
0: Can he run a sub 440?
1: That <laughs> means fucking nothing. Can Rashad and
2: Bateman still run a sub 440? He's coming off a Liz Frank injury. He, I don't and know.
1: And also – Point zero three hundredths of a second are not that big of a difference in a forward time.
0: It's a big difference. A four three nine versus a four four two. When you're six foot one versus five foot nine, that is a massive difference. Two hundred pounds versus one hundred and seventy or whatever the fuck Zay Flowers. That is a massive difference. You're talking two more inches of height, thirty more pounds, and is still faster. Who's the better athlete?
1: That's just on a straight line speed.
0: That's a forty yard dash. Yeah, that's straight that's line speed. That's what the speed. NFL uses to measure speed. Okay,
2: but we you got to use the fucking you got to use the. That's what everyone the uses. Cones, what's it called? Fucking the, the cones.
1: three cone drill. They also take take and their forty yards. They take into account their ten yard splits, which is a huge deal.
0: Uh, look them up. See who's faster. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways,
2: <laughs> we all have a different number. What of are you five. gonna do when it's Bateman
0: and he's bigger, taller? I fat, would be surprised. Stronger.
2: But before his List Frank injury, dude, I'm telling you, fuck your foot up.
0: All right, who do you guys have at five? I gotta wrap this up. I, I think you
2: all. guys both have the number five, the same. So let me have, have, let me Rash- just do mine. Okay, go ahead. Because mine's not the same as your guys. mine's Jalen Hyatt? Zay Flowers' That's ten tighter. yard split was faster <laughs> than, Rod- than Rashawn <laughs> <laughs> Bateman.
1: Zay Flowers had a one five three. Ten, 10 yard split. Rashad Bateman was a one five five two hundredths of a second. Is that a big difference? Since no. point since three of seconds is a big
0: difference. No, two is not a big difference. No, crazy. That's not crazy. On the show yeah, it's Bateman, actually not on. No, the show. Rashad
2: Bateman's slow as fuck. And it's come off of list injury, so uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll see. God damn! Oh man, I can't wait till we get to drafting. You guys, uh, I can't wait to see these guy's flowers. In our
2: fucking game. Watch you be the guy who drafts him. <laughs> that's like the kind of that's kind of dirty that's, shit that happens. That's the long game I played. Yeah, I swear to God. That's the dirty shit that happens. I devote happens a whole drafts. episode
0: to fucking getting you guys off of Zay Flowers and then just fucking oh, draft shit. him.
2: I swear to God. You probably will draft him. I would I
0: and that and honestly, I would do that. So <laughs> yeah, you would. I know. <laughs> just know oh, that. My God. I would one hundred percent do that. I know. I've been drafting with you guys for like ten years. <laughs> Is the dirtiest fucks I know.
2: <laughs> Fucking a. Let's run this episode. Out. I'm going to talk game. about my number five. You guys have the same number five, so I'll just do Flex. mine real quick. Mine is Jalen Hyatt. I stuck with the same original five that I had pre-draft, so I had to re-rank them. Really? Not really high on this guy um as far as long, long-term potential, dynasty ranking kind of stuff. Jalen Hyatt on the Giants definitely has the best long-term potential. But he's going to be battling with a bunch of solid veterans and some guys who are younger with pretty high potential that they're probably someone to give a chance to. So like in this wide receiver room, there's Darius Slayton, uh, Sterling Shepard, and Jamison Crowder, as far as like older guys who've been around, have showed promise. Um, he's also battling with Wondell Robinson, who's a younger guy that kind of came along at certain points in the year, but didn't really. So I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get much work this year. But I am definitely very interested in him. And if you end up drafting him, just keep him on your taxi squad all year. See what's happening. And just just roll with that, really. And right now, he's currently working with the threes in minicamp. So it's taking him a while to come along. I believe he was a third-round pick. So for him to be working with the threes in minicamp, I feel like that's a a pretty bad look on his end. So um, definitely a taxi squad guy with long term potential, keep an eye on him. Honestly, not much expectations, but uh he he could be somebody for them eventually. But in
0: your opinion, he doesn't have any redraft value.
2: Jalen Hyatt? Yes. Not at all. You, you know, you could if you are interested in him you won't have a draft and you can get him after the draft. Yeah. So you know who's not working with the threes? Rasheed Rice.
1: Rasheed Rice from the Kansas City Chiefs oh,
0: oh,
1: shit. is not working with the threes. Uh, he was, I can't remember what, what draft, he, or what round he got drafted in, but he enters the Chiefs' wide receiver room that has very little competition. Obviously, we've seen great flashes from Darius Tony, unlike Rashad Bateman, uh, like a 200-yard game being thrown to him by Daniel Jones.
0: Oh, come on. Oh, keep uh, going. Obviously,
1: keep going. I know we still have some hopes for Sky Moore, hoping that he can turn to something. Uh, MVS and Richie James are there, and they both seem more suited for uh, two or three. You know what's funny positions.
0: is Sky Moore was healthy and still sucked ass, and you still have faith for Sky Moore versus Rashad Bateman.
1: <laughs> Facts. Anyways, uh, uh,
0: Rasheed Rice. <laughs> I'm sorry, I do. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird to me.
1: Rasheed Rice also potential. So I mean, he he could end up absolutely being. <laughs> The Robin to Travis Kelsey's Batman, right? In this past game, he has more of a chance of doing that than a lot of the than any other kind of flyer you take at wide receiver. And it should still be noted, Patrick Mahomes specifically wanted the the Chiefs to target Rasheed Rice in the draft. They did a pre-draft workout, they did a pre-draft throwing session, and because of that Mahomes wanted Rasheed Rice on the Chiefs, that has to speak for something. There's some kind of connection there he really likes, and a talent there that he really likes, and he believes he can win with.
2: Who the fuck is this?
0: You don't know who Rasheed Rice is? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, six <laughs> foot two, two hundred and three pounds out of SMU. He was third in the country last year in yards, receiving yards, um, out of all receivers. Uh, is this Jerry Rice's like illegitimate son? That's why he makes unconfirmed. That's why he makes five for me. He's, he <laughs> oh, may or may, may not be State. Jerry Rice's son. <laughs> son. Hey,
2: Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah,
0: no. I mean, he and makes Jesus Rice. He makes five because of the opportunity. He was a surprise in the NFL draft. Um, you know, it is what it is. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to spread the ball around. The only way he gets a consistent every week role with Andy Reid is if he comes out. And he shows up right away. Um, If he does that, then I could see them targeting him week in and week out. But if you think about the history of the Kansas City Chiefs, the only guys they've targeted week in and week out on a consistent basis were absolute fucking dogs, freaks. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. That's it. And so if Rasheed Rice, in my opinion, wants to carve out a consistent week-to-week role that's not just based off of Whoever it is that they're playing, he's going to have to be elite. So good luck to him. Um, but he, he has all of the opportunity in the world, and he has the best quarterback in in the league thrown on the wall. So, and an incredible, you know, offensive mind in Andy Reid. But, you know, you think about it, yeah, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, those are the only consistent guys ever in this offense. So, is he on that level? No, but maybe. Well, He'll I mean, there.
1: then again, no one thought Tyreek Hill was on a level. He was like, sure. what, a six round draft pick with like a misdemeanor charge that came out because he strangled his girlfriend coming out of college? Like, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, they don't, the Chiefs are so good at taking guys that you don't expect to be stars. And Travis Kelsey in, wasn't supposed to be yeah, a star. Yeah, he was what, star. a third or fourth round draft yeah. pick? Like, you know he he was an afterthought, and then be has become arguably the greatest tight end in the history of the game. Yep.
2: I'm just surprised we've never talked about this guy before because I am so interested. Brought him up a little bit when we were doing
1: the pre our pre draft rankings because I brought after at the end of the episode because he wasn't in my rankings, but I brought up Rasheed Rice and Mingo in Carolina because there was some buzz about them, and the biggest yep. buzz with, with Rice was that like Patrick Mahomes specifically wanted to have a workout with him. And was specifically telling the Chiefs, "I like this guy. I think you should go after him."
2: Weird.
0: Well, I know who I'm going for. He's <laughs> got the intangibles, but I honestly, in a in a realistic world, um, I get it. I understand. You know, we've been looking for the the wide receiver one of the Kansas City Chiefs for fucking years now. So have they. <laughs> um, and here's the deal: is it's Travis Kelsey, and then they're going to spread the ball around to all their guys on the outside, um, and that's what's going to be this year. I don't think Rasheed Rice is going to have a consistent year. I really don't. I think he'll have a, maybe a couple games here or there. But
1: yeah, and that's why you put him at five. You know, you don't expect him to come out. You right. know, it's funny. You said we've been looking for a number one receiver in Kansas for years. Tyreek Hill's been gone for one season. Yeah, it's been <laughs> decades. It's been What <laughs> is
0: life, life <laughs> since Tyreek Hill left? No. Um, you know what it is, though. Even when Tyreek was there, though, they still said there's not, like, a, you know, the prototypical fucking whatever wide receiver I'm, one. No, he was a wide receiver one, but you know what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, he's not your traditional wide receiver right. one, but, I mean, he has speed that you on the field that you just can't match.
0: No, no. And I feel like now, now that he's left, Tyreek is viewed much more as like a household. Like he still was a household he name. Was,
1: he's not just a product of Patrick Mahomes.
0: Yeah, no. it's like he okay, he's a fucking freak. You know, he's always been a freak. He is the mm-hmm. freak. But you know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't just a, a, a yeah a product of Patrick Mahomes and and Andy Reid's scheme. Like, he's outside of that now, yeah. and then it's just like, and he oh, actually, he's just actually unguardable.
1: And he actually put up the most yards ever in his career in Miami right. last year. Yeah,
2: So.
0: Crazy. Anyways.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Shout out to Jerry Rice's Ill- illegitimate son, or she, <laughs> Rice. She,
0: Rice, baby, out of SMU. Yeah, I mean,
1: if he's carrying the last name, would he actually be illegitimate?
2: Well, he also went to a Southern college. I SMU. Think. SMU. Um, well, Jerry Rice went, went to, to Mississippi,
1: miss- Mississippi Mississippi Valley,
2: Mississippi State.
1: No, it was a smaller school than that. They were the the, like Red Devils or Running Devils or some crap.
2: Mississippi. I did a paper on them when I was a kid. I should remember this. But yeah, either way, in the south near Mississippi,
1: Mississippi Valley State. That's what it was. Ah,
2: Mississippi Valley State. (laughs) Shout out to them. Go, uh, go Valleys or where the fuck they are. Yeah,
0: shout out MVSU, shout out Mississippi Sharks.
1: They are the Devils. They are the Delta Devils. Of
0: course, the they
2: del- are. Oh, of course they are. The Red Devils. Are they white? Like their jerseys? Like no, the- they're like green. Oh, like the White Devil. Oh, they're the White Devils. <laughs> yeah,
1: sorry. They're green or red.
0: <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's wrap this thing up. It's been a little oh, long. Shit. Uh, appreciate you all listening. Um, hit us up on Twitter, at the FF fathers, and uh, we'll catch you next time on whatever the fuck it is we're going to record, but we will catch you there. (laughs)
2: Goodbye. (laughs) Bye.